Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Edmondson, Robinson go to the corner. Stahl tries to find the handle. Robinson has it. Taken away by Sveshnikov. Here, moving in. Polito scores! Nick Polito! This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Some losses are just losses, and some losses are indicators. 3-2 loss in Columbus. Nick Felino with the game-winning goal. There you heard it. Um, by the way, um, who was that? Jeff Rimmer does the games in Columbus, former uh, Capitals broadcaster a long time ago. Uh, Jeff Rimmer with the call there. Uh, but Nick Felino with the game-winning goal, 141 left, and Carolina uh, suffers a crushing defeat. This is the Morning After Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. will be joined by Alec Campbell in just a few minutes. Uh, this was one that uh, Carolina, uh, I think, is feeling bad about for a number of reasons. It was damaging in multiple ways. First of all, some numbers uh, that kind of give you an indication about uh, just the way this played out. 73-31 edge in shot attempts for Carolina. Now, I'm not saying that Carolina was awesomely dangerous all night. According to naturalstatchick.com, they only had 11, I believe, 11 high-danger chances the entire game. But Columbus only had three. And, uh, by the way, they didn't score on all three. Uh, I think they only scored on one of those. Uh, which speaks to another problem. Uh, but Carolina had plenty of shots uh, and plenty of good looks and plenty of shots blocked by Columbus. And therein lies uh, a little bit of the issue uh, in that this is a game that also Columbus likes to play. They're used to playing games like this, and they're damn good at it. Right now, Carolina has to figure out how to become better at this type of a game. Uh, Columbus had 26 blocked shots. Carolina had nine on the night. And of course, it speaks to the fact that all three Columbus goals were really wide open looks at Peter Morozik. Uh So a 73-31 edge in shot attempts, 34-18 edge in shots on goals. Carolina had, you know, f- created four rebound opportunities. They got lucky on one for... Uh, uh, for the Blue Jackets and that it was kind of fanned on. There were a couple of pucks that one Jake Gardner, one Joel Edmondson swept away from the goal line to help prevent another goal. Uh, they allowed early goals in the first period, what, a minute, just less than a minute, 10 in, and then less than five minutes into the third in a tie game, a 1-1 game. They allow early goals uh, and uh, in each of those two periods. Uh, and while they recovered... 
they didn't have enough time left to recover from the last one. Uh, so I thought this loss was damaging in multiple ways. It was damaging in the standings, we'll explain. It was damaging because of the opponent you lost to uh, as Columbus has now been let all the way back in, not just by Carolina, but Carolina didn't do anything about it. Uh, and of course, the injury to Dougie Hamilton, uh, which I'm sure everybody was thinking about for the entire game. Well, once Hamilton was done playing midway through the second period, this all also to me was also telling in multiple ways. Uh, two games like just like this this year that off, just off the top of my head, in which Carolina was really good, just not tough enough to win. The game at Boston, where a late mistake doomed them, and what ultimately ended up being a two nothing loss. And the game tonight in Columbus where I thought they were better. I thought they were better than Columbus. Was Carolina a Stanley Cup champion? No. But I thought Columbus, uh, Carolina was better than Columbus. Deserved to win the game. And ultimately got nothing. And that's another element to this season. I know people thought I was just kind of... Uh, I mean, it is a statistical anomaly. But it tells you something. Carolina needed to get this game into overtime and at least walk out with a point. Same thing happened in Boston. Needed to get that game into overtime and walk out with a point. Didn't happen either time, and that's why they're sitting here, still in a playoff spot, but have essentially handed back points this year, all year long, handed back points. And right now, they're still in wild card one. I guess they are. I mean, uh, they have games in hand over Philadelphia and Columbus, even though everybody's sitting at 56 points. Goaltending's got to be better. Team needs to be harder to play against in tight in the offensive end. And again, still victimized by mistakes. So, 1-1, second period. Martin Natchez gets a break. Seth Jones coming in to take a, uh, a big slap shot. Breaks his stick. Uh, puck comes uh, free. Eventually ends up on the tape of Martin Natchez, who skated it in. Jenner has it. Up top, Jones, broken twig. And now a breakaway. Marty Natchez, one-on-one, walks in. He scores! Marty Natchez will lift the spirits after the broken stick for Jones. A clear-cut breakaway. And no mistake by 88. We're tied at one. 11th of the year for Natchez. It was 1-1. Carolina poured it on in the second period. Couldn't get another one uh, passed. It went to the third, 1-1. Less than five minutes in, Cam Atkinson, as Carolina had basically all five players on the ice, had a chance at this. Um, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, right at the center ice stripe, couldn't make a play. Warren Fogle had an opportunity. The puck, I think, jumped over a stick. Sebastian Ajo didn't make a play on the body. Uh, Jake Gardner kind of, I don't know, he was trying to kick the puck. I, I have no idea what he was doing. Uh, but they all had a chance to make a play or make a play on the body of Cam Atkinson. Nobody did. And ultimately, Atkinson beats Morazic, and it's 2-1. But right after that, I mean, almost, I mean, it, it felt like it was immediate, but it was about two minutes later. Uh, Carolina and what ultimately is probably their top line of Stahl, Svechnikov, and Taravainen had a great shift and cashed in. Merzlikens shields a man. Savard supports him. It pops out. It's held in. Taravainen scores! Now you see it! Now you don't! A turnaround wrister by Taravainen! 
was actually Jordan Stahl with a deflection in front. Uh, I thought immediately that it was the net front presence by Stahl that really created the goal. Stahl actually jarred the puck loose from Merzlikens, the goaltender, behind the net to keep the play alive, and Svechnikov got it out uh, to uh, to the point. Gar- actually, I think it was Svechnikov got it out to Gardner, who got it back to Teravon and picked up the puck, and, uh, and then uh, Stahl with the deflection goal. And it's 2-2, and Carolina continued to be the better team. And then ultimately, the final mistake, which we heard back in the beginning, the Nick Foligno goal. Uh, Jordan Stahl wore it in the uh, postgame locker room, said it was his mistake. I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, He made a really good play to, I thought, uh, stop the play from, uh, from a transition opportunity with a big check along the wall. Uh, then behind the goal, he collected it. Looked like he got a little bit, uh, not tangled up, uh, but maybe the uh, position of the referee bothered him a little bit. Then he goes down to the ice. Svechnikov had an opportunity to get the puck out of the uh, zone, didn't do it. Uh, and it looked, looked to me like Stahl uh, actually deflected the puck to Felino himself, uh, and that goal beats Mrazek. All right, so let's talk about a couple of very quick things. Before we uh, before we bring in Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, and Aftermath host. Again, we know the loss is damaging in multiple ways. The standings don't look good for Carolina. And by the way, the Islanders were losers to the Rangers tonight. Florida was a winner uh, over the Kings. Montreal helped everybody out, meaning the Hurricanes out, by beating uh, Philadelphia in Philly. But Carolina couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, the opponent you lose to, Carolina is now 0-2-1 against Columbus this year. If it comes down to it, that uh, that's not... I mean, same thing with the Rangers. 0-3 uh, against the Rangers. So you're 0-5-1 against those two teams. This is not about record in the Metro Division. It's about your record against the teams you need to beat. Now, yes, you, you could say those are exactly the same thing. There's a, There's a distinction there. And right now... And all season long, the Hurricanes are not beating the teams they need to beat. And that is a problem. Uh, And again, back to the fact that a couple of things that this was a telling loss for me. Goaltending needs to be better. Mrazek could have stopped the first goal. Probably could have stopped the third goal. I don't know about the, uh, I mean, maybe all of them that Mrazek could have. You can't lose the goaltending battle. They lost the goaltending battle tonight. Uh, And they've lost the goaltending battle, you know, a fair amount of late. They lost it in Washington. I mean, uh, Sam Sonoff was better than Mrazek in Washington. Uh, I realize it's Ovechkin on the power play, but uh, you asked Peter Mrazek what should have happened there. He said he should have made the save. Uh, He was there in plenty of time, and Ovechkin was pretty far out. There was really no excuse to allow that goal. Uh, Carolina still continues to be victimized by mistakes. They were victimized uh, on at least the second and third goal. And I think you can make the argument uh, that there were enough mistakes in the first goal, even though it was a great play by Columbus. Uh, if you wanted a nitpick, uh, maybe Joel Edmondson uh, was caught up just a little, a hair too up, too far up the ice, uh, left Pesci with two players to deal with. Uh, in his own end, and uh, ultimately, uh, it was Emil, uh, what's his name? Bermstrand? Uh, Bermstrom, sorry, I've never heard of him. Uh, anyway, so uh, those are the things that are plaguing Carolina right now. 
uh, and we will, uh, as we take a pause, a quick pause, I remind you, subscribe, rate, download, give me your feedback, because all of it matters. It helps us or me do better for you. Because I know if, you, if you're listening to this, it has become a routine for you on uh, the day after games or even the night after games. So I want to do what I can to, uh, so you enjoy it. So give me your feedback if you can. And we now bring in my friend Alec Campbell, the able-bodied host, Stormwatch, uh, Aftermath. Able-bodied? What's wrong with able-bodied? I don't know. <laughs> Semi-able-bodied, I guess. Can, can you skate? If I were more able-bodied, I wouldn't be doing Well, that's probably, uh, it's probably a fair point. All right. Um, I thought that this loss was damaging in multiple ways. I thought they were better than Columbus at times, significantly better than Columbus. Um, I think they have some, uh, flaws that they've had all season long that have give, make, make it, hard for them to take advantage of when they are significantly better than a team like Columbus. And those showed through tonight. I think it was damaging because they lost to a team they need to beat to stay in front of them in the standings. And they're now 0-5-1 against the combination of Columbus and the Rangers. 1-7-1 against the combination of Columbus, the Rangers, and Philadelphia. Um, and obviously it was damaging because it does look like they have lost Dougie Hamilton at least for, uh, you know, a decent period of time, if not the rest of the year. Um, any of, does any of that ring incorrect to you? No, and I will add that the scoreboard for them was favorable tonight as well. Yeah. So <laughs> in terms of the Metro scoreboard. Yeah. So. You know, if you, if you wanted to get that two-shot swing here, you know, it's like you wanted to, to make an eagle when the other guy made a bogey. Uh, they missed the boat on that tonight because they could have done that. The Islanders lost. The Penguins lost. The Flyers lost. Uh, they see the Islanders on Sunday. So, you know, they won tonight and will presumably win tomorrow and beat the Islanders on Sunday. That would have been a pretty good run to try to make up some ground. Yeah. But as it is, it seems a lot more, man, I, I, I don't, there's so, there's still a lot of season left. So mm-hmm. we don't know exactly the extent of Dougie's injury, but that's a big loss, man. Oh yeah. I mean, you're talking about your best defenseman or in terms of scoring defenseman, one of your best players on the team, your all-star, a guy who was, um, uh, you know, at least in the conversation for, you know, Norris Trophy, Norris Trophy. Yep. Um, power play guy, power play one quarterback, penalty killer. So, and for a team that was, when we looked at the holes, in this team, one of them was need a top four defenseman. Right. So <clears throat> now you need two if Dougie's yep. out for any length of time. That and is true. I don't know what 
impact that all ultimately has on how far the Hurricanes take the season. I asked Sean Forza in the post game, and you know he said they're still a playoff team, and he might be right. I, I'm not sure I ever thought that this team was a Stanley Cup contender as currently constructed, but I thought they were a playoff team, no doubt. So I'm not entirely. I mean, I'm not ready to say they're not a playoff team, mm-hmm. but it is interesting that now with Dougie out and already looking for a top four, where does that? Where does that leave you? Yeah, there's uh, um, I, I, you, you make that that we all agreed that the Jake Gardner thing did not has not panned out, and uh, every time you think there's a step forward, there seems to be a couple of steps back. He was not I mean, great tonight. He he did not look good tonight. No, I mean he fell. You know, he twice. fell twice tonight. One and that that second goal because I think you were kind of alluding to this. The Hurricanes do not play, you know, when, when we talk about they don't play a physical enough brand of hockey. Right. You know, that that is as evidence, not, not just in, you know, smashing people into the boards and hitting people, but getting the puck out of the zone two times. Yep. Or having the puck, you know, you know, the second goal tonight was a glaring problem. Yeah. With. Warren Fogle, okay, puck bounces through Warren Fogle, one. But Sebastian Ajo stared at that guy. Yep. He did absolutely nothing to make a move to, 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 to get rid of that puck. I mean, he's got to be physical there. Mm-hmm. And then Jake Gardner stumbles over himself trying to move lateral. Looked like he was trying which, to kick the puck. Which allowed, which allowed Atkinson a, a free run towards the net. Yeah. So, as we've discussed all year, the defensive issues, the mistakes they make end up in the back of their net. It's not like they made a ton of them tonight, but the, the, mm-hmm. the mistakes ended up in the back of the net. Jake wasn't good, and they weren't physical when they needed to be physical, and that turned out to be a big problem. Oh, there's, there's no question. Actually, uh, four players on, that, on the Atkinson goal that made it 2-1 four players had a chance to make a play on the puck. It started with TVR, who I thought played his best game of the year. Agree. Uh, he made two mistakes, but uh, he played his best game of the year. And on the Atkinson goal, he had a chance to, to play the puck uh, at center ice and didn't. Uh, Fogel misplayed the puck. Maybe it bounced over his stick. Either way, misplays the puck. Hey, Warren, your game is a body game. Use it. You got a big right. body. Use it. Aho, yes, you were right. Staring at staring at the play had a chance. I mean, nobody plays the body with a guy skating Dude. through the zone. Feel free. You're allowed to do that if Atkinson is playing the puck. Feel free to knock him on his rear end. And right. Aho didn't do that. And Jake Gardner did whatever Jake Gardner did. Uh, and uh, Peter Morazic couldn't save that one on the the goal that won it uh, with 141 left. You know, Jordan Stahl kind of uh, misplays the puck in the corner. Uh, Was he bothered by the referee there? Then he trips. Svechnikov has a chance to play it out. He didn't do it. Uh, And then Stahl knocked it right to Felino, And that was that. You know, I use the term unfortunate turnover for Stahl. And it is, but I don't think in the sense that Jordan, you know, made a dumb play. I think he was trying to save the play. Yeah. 
and it just kind of happened that the way the puck bounced and his stick, he just threw it right to him. So yeah. I, I, it's, it's hard, you know, he was in the play twice, but it's hard for me to throw that on him. I mean, Svechnikov's got to get that puck out. Yep. Absolutely. It was, it so, was Svechnikov may, actually stall made a better play as uh, Columbus was bringing it into the zone on that particular sequence uh, because he bodied them off the puck and it ends up behind the goal and he went and retrieved it. Uh, and that's right. when he got kind of uh, messed up by the official. Then he fell. And then, uh, then what happened uh, happened. But again, uh, somehow, somehow you need to tie, like if you're Svechnikov there, somehow you need to tie mm-hmm. up that, yeah. that guy, like, you know, I don't pin the puck against his body. It was Riley Nash. Yeah, against Riley Nash, do do something to not allow that, you know, because there's so many times, like you're saying, you know, we've seen Dougie do this before where he's trying to play the puck with his stick or he takes a whack at it, and you can't trust that. Nope. You know, same with Fogel earlier in the game. It's almost like it's almost like fielding a ground ball. You know how they say, like, get your glove dirty, you know, get in front of the ball mm-hmm. and, and at least let it hit you. If, if, if you're not going to, you know, get it in your glove. And I feel like it's kind of a similar scenario on some of these situations. All right. So uh, since defense is the uh, order of the day right now, uh, Hamilton, there are, there were, there are only three irreplaceable players on this entire team. That's it. And one of them fell tonight uh, in Hamilton. Uh, They're, they're in trouble if they lose Slavin, Pesci or Hamilton uh, because, you know, I think you and I agreed going into the season that all of the talk about how this in incredible depth on defense that the Hurricanes have is an absolute mirage. So we're the the Hurricanes. Uh, let's just assume that Dougie Hamilton is only going to be lost for the next, let's just say, three weeks, and that is about as optimistic as you could possibly be. Uh. Yeah, right, I was gonna say. Right, I mean, let's just say it's three weeks. Let's say it's a, yeah, let's say it's a, let's say it's an ankle sprain. Right, <laughs> a very high ankle sprain. Yeah, um, the Hurricanes will be playing essentially four third pair defensemen. Right, and they might, you know, I, you know, I saw people talking about seeing Jake Bean come up. It's a he's a third pair defenseman right now. So he's not good but, enough to play twenty minutes. Uh, uh, in the NHL tonight. Uh, look, no. what they got from Joel Edmondson tonight, and Edmondson was on the ice for two of the goals. He was on the ice for the first goal, um, and that ended up being a two-on-one, and Pesci had to choose, who do I go to? And Pesci chose wrong first and tried to recover and didn't uh, and right. couldn't. Um, and then Edmondson was split. He and I believe it was Van Riemsdyk on the ice for the third goal. Uh, and Felino went just right down in between them. Uh, again, I thought Edmondson played great tonight. I thought TVR played his best game of the year tonight. Uh, but it just it it highlights the um, the problem that Carolina will have if those two guys need to play eighteen plus minutes every night. And Edmondson played nearly twenty four tonight. It was a season high. <laughs> In, uh, in minutes for him. So uh, Hayden Fleury's going to draw back in. Uh, and the, I mean, you can't, if you play Slavin and Pesci together, which I'm sure Rod Brindamore would like, uh, if you play them together and they'll play together some, I wouldn't be surprised if they played a lot of the third period uh, from, uh, from now on. Um, 
But if you play them together, that means you have uh, combinations of the other four exclusively. Right. And that that is just, that is not a playoff team. They, they have to go out and get themselves a top four defenseman now. Now, Don Waddell did mention uh, during the Justin Williams press conference, and we'll bring him up for a second here in a minute, um, he did mention that they had some room. They had about $5 million uh, worth of cap space to go add a player. Um, I think they wanted to add uh, a defenseman who could give them some support and maybe even go get another forward. I don't know that they don't need two defensemen. Uh, and those guys need to be physical players. Because right now, although Slavin did knock, uh, forget who it was, but he did knock somebody down. Uh, but they're not a physical defen- defensive core other than Edmondson. He's the only guy who plays a physical game. And, and I mean, and let's be honest. While I appreciate your optimism on <laughs> Dougie Hamilton. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I yeah. think we're, we're looking at a couple of months to the rest of the season. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but that did not look good. Nope. I mean, it didn't look good at all. Uh, uh, Sebastian Ajo, seven games without a goal. Eric Hall, seven games without a goal. Rod Brindamore was asked in the postgame about the, uh, the lines tonight, yeah. and he said he liked three of the four. Nobody oh, pressed him on which line he didn't like. I, I was mean, wondering about that. I mean, if but, I had to guess, because... Aho and Hala and Fogel were on the ice for two of the goals. Yes. Um, that's an easy one. I thought yes. Stahl, Svechnikov, and Taravainen were good. I thought Walmart, <clears throat> Natchez, and Dezingle. Uh, I didn't really particularly... I mean, Dezingle made a nice defensive play and a back check, uh, but I don't think he was particularly dangerous offensively uh, tonight. I like the third line. they of, scored. They did. Well, Natchez scored. <laughs> I mean, Wally... Wally, Wally made, made the play. play. I mean, it was, Slick little pass yep. from Walmart, although, you know, that was a bit of fortune, too, because it was a broken stick that right. fuck trickled into the slot. But, yeah, I asked John who he thought it was. I think it's definitely the Ajo line. I don't think there's any question about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and Ajo had his moments tonight, I thought. Uh, here's one thing I think you can definitely tell, is that Ajo doesn't have, uh, the, the ajo Hala combination doesn't have a lot of chemistry. Uh, because it was clear tonight at times that Haller was looking at him like, why are you there? Right. <laughs> uh, well, that just happened a few times tonight. Ajo did have a bunch of scoring chances, and he had six shots on goal. You like to see that. Um, so there was some good to them, but defensively, it was still a mess. Yeah, and he set up Haller one time for a little... Uh, a little two-on-one that Hala didn't get good wood on. Right. Uh, and uh, Hala had a great pass to Ajo uh, streaking down towards the goal that Ajo kind of deflected wide. Uh, so yeah, there, I kind of wondered, wondered how long it might take Ajo or how difficult it is to try to get yourself out of the, the mentality that you were in and play a different position. Um, you know, not, I don't think we can really grade it yet because it's only been one game. No, but, and, and we talked after the Washington game that I thought that there would be changes, right? Yeah. I think the I I I actually think Rod will now go back to what they what they have been. I really do. I think really? he'll go back. I think it was I think this ultimately becomes a one game thing and it's not that these lines couldn't work. I'm not crazy about 
um, Fogle with. Now, if they want to draw Williams back into the lineup, I could see that and letting Williams play with Halla and Ajo. Um, but I actually think that Rod will go back uh, to, uh, to more familiar surroundings uh, throughout, not to mention get Halla, uh, Dezingle, and Natchez back together. Um, they need they need people they need they need to score. We thought before the season started. Remember, we go back to be uh, the beginning of the year. Didn't we think that this team was really basically going to have to outscore teams? Yeah, and at times it's looked like they can do that. Yeah, and right now that's the way they're going to have to win uh, because dirty little secret, uh, at least one, maybe two of the goals Mrazek could have had. And yeah. he could have had the second goal in Washington, the Ovechkin power play goal. Um, I yeah. mean, if, if an Ovechkin power play goal could ever be considered a bad goal, that would be it. Um, so they need they need better goaltending. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe calling up Nedeljkovic and letting him play a couple of games wouldn't hurt anybody. Well, somebody called about that tonight, and I, I don't. I don't know. I feel I, I don't. I, I feel like it, we're not. I don't know that we're there yet. I guess it doesn't really matter when they call him up, but it feels like every time someone goes on a streak where you think, okay, this isn't going very well, they then have a forty-one save shutout. <laughs> right, you know, Peter. You know, because James Reimer has been in. I mean, there there have been times this year where we've talked about, you know, okay, he needs to play well in the next game because if he doesn't, you know, we're talking about a new goaltender. And then he yeah. goes on a run like he went on in all those road games, you know, and Peter's the type of player that, I mean, first of all, he's not going anywhere, but he's the type of player that is so, so competitive that he'll give you a good effort the next time, mm-hmm. every single time. Um, so I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily opposed to seeing the going get a start here or there, but I also don't feel like it's, so dire like it doesn't feel so dire at the moment that you know it's like okay we've had enough this has been terrible like we need to we need to change something up and uh you know unless they're just like let's just bring them up and see what happens yeah you know but for me it wouldn't be any kind of indictment on you know just a, a an, an awful goaltending season because i don't think it's been that either no i mean they're getting Essentially, they're getting league average goaltending. Right. And the team Maybe going can... going in tonight, uh, the Hurricanes were eighth in the league in defense, uh, and uh, the, a good chunk of that is goaltending. Um, but I think I think they could have been helped tonight. They could have been helped in Washington, uh, and during this little uh, kind of a squirrely stretch here, uh, they're just the odd bad goal, man. Uh, I've always said you're only as good as the bad goals you allow, and uh, while and I thought Peter you know, in Washington. I thought Peter was actually very good, except for that that second goal. Um, yeah, but that was tonight. He was shaky. Yeah, he was shaky. He had, a, he had a couple trickle through him. Oh yeah. Uh, the, thanks to thanks to Jake Gardner for and, clearing one out of the crease. and Edmondson. They each had saves. Yeah, they both had them. And how about Rod Brindamore, the greatest offside <laughs> challenger in the history of the NHL? Five for what five. What is his? <laughs> Seriously, what is his record? Has he even lost a challenge ever? Uh, he lost his first challenge last year, and he hasn't lost since. He's he's five out of five, I think, this year. <laughs> I mean, he, he only. I mean, how many times did he even challenge last year? A couple. Yeah, a few. So right? <laughs> it really is. Uh, it really is remarkable. Uh, all right. Um, 
trying to think positively tonight. Uh, Jordan Stahl snapped the five-game uh, goal-scoring drought. Uh, Nature scored his 11th goal. Um, n- neither of us are injured. Right. Right? Uh, Walmart. Yes. With a nice pass. Wally continues to play well. Um, I like the goal, the second goal, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a get a guy in front. One in and getting, getting a guy in front, so good job by Jordan there. Um, you know, they had 26 shots blocked tonight, I know. too. Look, they so had 70, 73-31 edge in shot attempts. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane. This, this was a game that Carolina should have won, and I'll, I'll close on this. We, we talked about um, only two uh, overtime losses, right? Well, this is a game they should have at least taken into overtime. The game in Boston right. was a game they should have at least taken into overtime. Right. And these things, I mean, even if you just take these two games, Carolina is better in the standings than they are tonight, uh, where they're still tied to 56 points, tied with Philly, tied with Columbus. They have Carolina's got a game in hand uh, on both of those teams. Everybody's got 56 points. Florida's a point back, but they've got a game in hand. The Rangers yeah. are six points back. They have a game in hand. Um, I've been saying all along the Rangers, I think the Rangers are a team that's going to be dealt with later and they're, they're, they're winning games and they have goaltending because they have the guys going into the hall of fame. Uh, and when they get right down to it, they know they can throw him out there and he'll keep a minute and win a game. Uh, especially if they're playing Carolina. So the Canes did the whole give up a goal and take a penalty in the first five minutes tonight too. Beautiful. On brand. Right. Which feels so you know, it's funny. We're talking about how good the Hurricanes played tonight, and Rod Brindamore said it was the best game they've played all year, yet we've been able to point out a million bad things that happened. Right. Uh, I the, don't think it was the best game they played all year, uh, but I thought they played more than well enough to win. It's hard to say that, and I get it from Rod, and part of the reason I love Rod is because he isn't results-based. We've said that so many times. I like the fact that he looks at the way they played and not what the end result was. Uh, but it is hard to swallow that when you've just lost right. giving up a goal with a minute 41 seconds left in the game to say that after a game like that, that's kind of, sometimes that's hard to take. Yeah. Right. It's like, come on, man. It's crushing like, loss, you, man. You can't, you can't do that. And I'd be, I'd be really interested to find out how many early period and late period goals the hurricanes have given up compared to the rest of the league this year, because it sure seems like a lot. Yeah. And maybe that's just, Maybe that's just the local, the local perspective, you know, because it's like every local fan base thinks that like all the bad stuff happens to them all the time, you know. So I don't want to be that guy, but it sure feels like there have been, you know, there certainly have been a lot of early period penalties. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Even though, even though they had, they lately, you know, they took six penalties the other night against Washington, but that's been actually an anomaly lately. They've been pretty, they've been a lot better in terms of penalty taking. Yeah, uh, but they've they've taken a lot of early ones. They only took two tonight, but man, it's just a bad start, man. It's a bad way to get off. You know, get give up a goal sixty seven seconds into the game, and then a penalty three minutes and fifty four seconds into the game. It's just not good. No, it's uh, it 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 stops you from getting into a flow. With and with all that said, I thought the last twelve minutes of the first period, Carolina was by far the better team. I thought Carolina dominated the second. Needed to get more than just the Martin Natchez goal. 
uh, and I thought they were the better team in the third. Unfortunately, they gave up two goals because their mistakes led to really clean looks in tight, and Columbus's mistakes uh, still made Carol forced Carolina to kind of work hard to get to that to get to the interior. Uh, they did it a little bit. Uh, they're just not built that way. And that's, that is unfortunate. All right, so uh, you and I will be at PNC Arena tomorrow night. Uh, the Hurricanes have to come up with seven points in their next three games. <laughs> uh, man, how are they going to do that? Uh, that's, like be, a, that's a Rubik's Cube. It is, because Rod Brindamore is such a good coach, they can come up with it. I love it. Maybe they can win in regulation and get an overtime point. Ah, them. that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. All right, sir, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about. Every day of the year, primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.